0: Ooh. Weird. Ooh. Weird Ooh. Hello!
1: Hello! This is Gioia Italiano.
0: And this is Jeff Ekman. And
1: welcome to Know But That's a Thing.
0: A podcast where we talk about the science ideas that are contained in sci fi movies.
1: Yeah, neither of us are experts in any of these things, but we care about them and we feel like. We can make it interesting for you So y'all. we
0: Googled some stuff after watching a movie, and here we go.
1: Here we go. <laughs> yeah. All right. What Whoa. did we watch? <laughs> Contagion. <laughs>
0: Contagion. We watched it a while ago now. Yeah. Before we've recorded, because mm-hmm. we haven't really had time. But here we are. Mm-hmm. We're going to get contagious.
1: Up in here. <laughs> Up in here, yeah. So that came out in what, 2011?
0: Yep. Okay. Directed by Steven Soderbergh. It's got quite the all-star cast. Yeah. With everybody it's in. Literally the movie.
1: everyone. <laughs> a lot of people in this: Matt Damon, Gwyneth Paltrow. We got Marianne Cotillard. Yeah. Um, you got which is Jude how you Law. Say her name. I, oh yeah, Jude. I appreciate oh, Jude that. Jude is such a like conspiracy theorist. Like, yeah. He's
0: got like a snaggletooth. tooth.
1: situation. Should we listen to the trailer? Yep. Let's do it. Did you mention seeing anyone who was sick? Anyone on a plane? At the airport?
0: No, she said she was jet lagged. The average person touches their face three to five times every waking minute. In between, we're touching doorknobs, water fountains, and each other. Beth! Mom! Huh? No, no, uh, go up to your room, honey. So we have a virus with no treatment protocol and no vaccine at this time. You had a seizure this morning, Beth. She had yet before? a history of seizures, allergies. No, 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 no. As of last night, there were 32 cases. Is there any way someone could weaponize the bird flu? Is that what we're looking at? Someone doesn't have to weaponize the bird flu. Birds are doing that.
1: On day one, there were two people, and then four, and then sixteen. In three months, it's a billion. That's where we're headed
0: They're calling out the National Guard. They're moving the president underground. People will panic. Get
1: away! It will tip over. The truth is being kept from the world. Don't talk to anyone. Don't touch anyone. Stay away from other people.
0: Get back in your car.
1: We're That's not sick. So that was that.
0: Yeah, it's super intense. It's incredibly realistic portrayal of a pandemic yeah. and holy shit, very shit not
1: sci-fi. And like not yeah. just the the grossness or the the craziness of a of a virus being able to spread so quickly, but also the aftermath of that. So there was a consultant on the film, his name is Dr. Ian Lipkin. He's the professor of epidemiology at Columbia University's Mailman School of Public Health, and he said that the virus in the film is one that he created based on some of the traits of the Nipah virus. It really sprouted in 1998. It's named after this Malaysian town called Kampung Sungai, Nipah, which is where it was first identified. It is, the the virus is endemic in fruit bats, which is, I think fruit bats, they're also known to carry Ebola, right? They're kind of the I guess so
0: fruit bats I know it's hard to distinguish so it's not like a 90s like snack that you would get
1: no (laughs) No.
0: fruit bats fruit
1: bat snacks yeah
0: fully loaded with carbos oh god
1: Horrible. But anyway, so this is what's crazy too. This virus is endemic to these fruit bats that generally live in the rainforest, mm-hmm. but because of all of the, the flash and burn logging that was taking place, which is basically like clearing land for farm for farm work mm-hmm. through burning it all down, it created this crazy haze and it made it difficult for the fruits that the bats ate to grow. Oh. So they had to leave and then they were later found in the orchards where the pig farms were hmm. in, in Malaysia. So then they're eaten these fruits the like half-eaten fruits fall to the ground or they like piss on the ground and then the pigs are eating all of that and so it infected the pigs and
0: then the virus mutates in the pig
1: yeah and then it later like the guys that are slaughtering the pigs then get infected and they bring Mm -hmm. it home so that's what and that's kind of that's what they show that
0: is the way they show the this pandemic beginning yeah it's like a bat eating a fruit dropping it on some pig and then the pig getting slaughtered and brought to a Chinese restaurant
1: right with the Nipah virus it wasn't just the logging but it's also drought as as a result to El Nino. So it's like there's, uh, you know, so all of the questions of cl- like climate and like this weird mishmash of weird environmental changes but then also human involvement.
0: First of all, what was the Nipah virus and what did it actually do to, to you?
1: Well, one thing I wanted to say though is in contagion the there's like nearly 26 million people killed, right? I, I
0: think, think before that's what it they ends. say, yeah.
1: In the death toll in Nipah, it was also, it spread to Singapore as well, was, there were 265 cases and 105 of those people were actually killed okay so i guess it wasn't as easily passable as maybe as the virus in contagion uh-huh. but it certainly caused the collapse of like the one billion dollar pig industry there because they had to wow. just like get rid of all those piggies
0: well um, like just talking about the way that climate change can affect and and create new viruses that wind up being pandemics mm-hmm. i know that there have been cases where a reindeer that was stuck under permafrost for 75 years because of global warming it was Awoken, if right, you will, sure. and or it didn't wake up, obviously. Right, but, but, but I mean, what yeah. did wake up? That it was carrying was anthrax. Oh and my god! That there was a small outbreak of anthrax caused by this reindeer that had been dead for seventy five years. Well, I
1: hear about this shit happening a lot. The permafrost that's mm-hmm. melting and like these weird bacteria that we haven't seen. In I, I actually, neons. this
0: isn't related to diseases, but like I just read this thing called methane burps. Oh or the calthrate gun hypothesis. Okay. And what it is, is basically there's a lot of methane that's stored under permafrost, and as the permafrost thaws, it releases the methane into the air, and then methane is like a thousand times worse of a greenhouse gas Mm -hmm. than CO2. So, once the methane burps start happening, it has a cascading effect where it releases more methane and more methane. It's happened twice before in the Earth's history, and it fucked the environment for about 100,000 years.
1: It's like methane burps and cow farts that are just Mm, destroying the ozone. Well, because that's one of the big things, too, about the the big, big factory farms is all the methane that comes from literally just, like, cow shit, you know? Mm. So it's not just whatever damage we do to the to the water and the land, then there's farts happening. He's like, yeah. I can't help it. Every, everybody farts. Everybody farts. That's fights. a book, isn't it? Or it's just everybody I think it's poops. everybody poops. Yeah. But, but
0: everybody does both. It, one it should leads, be one every, eventually every, leads to everybody. the other.
1: <laughs>
0: we all got gas. Um,
1: yeah. Okay, you had asked earlier what happens to people mm-hmm. well it can cause serious encephalitis which I think if you have the flu and you're you get all like Ugh, my brains getting all nuts. It's, uh-huh. I do think it affects your brain because it causes neurological damage and impairment even mm. if it's not fully fatal like if you get treated there's there's possible like repercussions there mm-hmm. the other thing that was so bizarre about watching the movie is at first people are thinking I'm just sick with the flu like right you get the flu and then you get over it and yeah it's the and same kind of symptoms. you wind
0: up talking to people and you're accidentally yeah. infecting them I that's like a thing that happens
1: one of the factlets they had in the movie was is, you know, you touch your face three to five times a minute or something. Yeah. You know, you're always, like, they they do a really good job of at least highlighting how often we're touching the same space, yeah, especially in densely populated cities, you know.
0: Yeah, they talk about fomites, which is the way that things move from surface to surface, and mm-hmm. basically, if you're, like, having a meal with some friends, there's like no good way to not be sharing all of your germs. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. It's just like... The bar
1: nuts. Never eat the bar nuts. <laughs> Never eat the bar. Remember I said that? Yeah. Before? I was like, dude, and I, I was think like, it's pretty Duh. much common knowledge, man. Yeah, a bunch
0: of gross hands, <laughs> fingers, just um, digging into that, and bar nuts.
1: Well, okay, so the other thing in Malaysia mm-hmm. is people drink palm wine there, which it's made from the sap of palm trees. Okay. And, you know, the bats, again, because they like to hang upside down uh, above the, yeah. you know, so eventually their shit's getting into the palm wine. So it's like, I guess you could avoid that, or you could maybe mess with the environment, i.e. put skirts on the trees to keep the bats away or whatever. Mm. But then there's that. Skirts
0: um, on the trees. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you and know, just are just imagining
0: gonna, these, these like Hawaii trees? That. Yeah, like steer
1: clear. Yeah. The, I think the thing with that is either you know you change your behavior or just altering the environment. Then you can kind of fuck things up in a whole new way. Like and mm-hmm. it like it could be transmitted in a route that you hadn't necessarily expected. Spooky.
0: You said that how many people were killed by the Nipah virus?
1: It was like a 100, 100 some odd. There were like 265 cases. I think mm-hmm. 105 of them actually were killed.
0: So I read about the 1918 H1N1 flu pandemic. Oh, the is Spanish that Spanish flu? flu. Oh, Spanish flu. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing as swine flu.
1: Oh, 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 right, right, right.
0: The 2009 swine flu H1N1 pandemic was a variation on the same virus as the 1918 Spanish flu. And
1: where did that really strike? Because there was well, a lot of hullabaloo, it, but it, I don't recall it being
0: Which, the 2009? The,
1: the most recent swine flu. It
0: was well contained because we already had a vaccine for it. Okay. But the problem was there was a limited amount of vaccines and so they got it out to the people who needed it and they wound up stopping it pretty quickly. Very mm. few people actually died. It was also a Less deadly version of the virus Mm -hmm. because the one in 1918 is really, really fucked up. Mm it affected 500 million people around the world. That's crazy. And th- think about like the population, the world's population was significantly less at the time. It, it made it everywhere. It made it to Pacific Islands and the Arctic. Yeah. Like, th- this virus went everywhere.
1: I looked into the bubonic plague because that's just what, you know, the Black Death. Yeah, yeah. I've learned about it for so long. Being like, oh yeah, it killed a lot of people. But even that was 50 million people. So that kind of decimated or it was like up to 60% of Europe's population at the time. So to think 500 million people? Yeah. And it affected that many continents on the globe is insane and and, in like a fraction of the time right
0: yeah and the deaths were between 50 and 100 million people which is three to five percent of the world's population
1: ah okay
0: usual flu pandemics like the seasonal flu they kill about 0.1 percent of the people who get it Uh but 10 to 20 percent of the people who got this flu died Crazy. And it disproportionately affected people who were young and healthy mm-hmm. because it created this autoimmune response that was like really severe. And then the immune system kind of killed them, killed the person. Right. Usually flu kills elderly and the young and like people who are weak. Exactly, but right. this actually killed people who had strong wow. immune systems more effectively than any other flu.
1: And explain that to me again.
0: It caused the strong immune systems to overreact and the immune system would attack their own body. Wow. And they, the immune system would kill the person okay. themselves.
1: And how was it originally spread?
0: Well, the spread of this all happened during World War One. Okay. The reason it's called the Spanish flu is because World War One had wartime censorship and so Germany, Britain, France, and the US like didn't really report on it much because they were afraid of hurting morale I'm sure, of among course. the troops. But Spain was neutral in the war and so they were actually reporting on what the disease was, uh-huh. and so people thought that it hit Spain oh, way harder God. than anywhere else. Wow. So that's how it became the Spanish flu. Just a couple other statistics about it. The life expectancy in the United States alone dropped by 12 years because of this. It killed 25 million people in the first 25 weeks.
1: Holy shit. So that really is like contagion level like guys wake up call this is happening But at a time that no one was reporting
0: exactly close quarters of the troops during the war made it way worse Mm -hmm. Where everybody was moving around the world in huge troop movements Mm -hmm. and then this also Coincides with the invention of modern transportation technologies So it was just like everything kind of came together Mm -hmm. for people to easily spread this everywhere Right. It said that it killed more people in 24 weeks than AIDS killed in 24 years years and more people in one year than the black death killed in a century
1: right I'm just going to go back to the question of how it, how it started simply because, well, I, you said it was swine flu, right? So yeah, I assume it's, it's, it's living in close quarters mm-hmm. with animals and that kind of stuff. Because that was one of the things I found so interesting even about the bubonic plague is really it was largely as a result of like living in kind of squalor, right? So there's yeah. like these fleas on these rats. But if you're living in a place where there's a shit ton of rats and that's where it starts and you're getting exposed mm-hmm. to like dead animal carcasses and all this stuff with not just modern medicine, but also like health codes and things. <laughs> You yeah, know, where people yeah. were like, oh, we actually need to... Well,
0: it wasn't until worryingly late that yeah. people realized how diseases were actually communicated. Totally. So it, before that, it was always thought to be done by smell. Yeah. So somebody would like lance a boil on yeah. the somebody with the Black Plague, get the gross infected stuff all over their hands and just go right. treat the next people because the smell was what did it.
1: Right.
0: So people really didn't understand how diseases were communicated. I actually read this thing about this guy, Stubbins Firth, Mm -hmm. Dr. Stubbins Firth. Oh, boy. He believed that yellow fever was not contagious, so he drank, smeared, and bathed in bodily fluids from people who were infected. What? He tried rubbing infected vomit into cuts of his. He poured it into his eyeballs. He fried it and inhaled the fumes, and then he just like drank infected puke from people. He proved that it wasn't contagious... But the ideas that he had on what really caused it were wrong because eventually, much later, it was discovered that it was transmitted through mosquitoes. Right. So he basically did all this to himself. Yeah. Nothing.
1: But, but, I mean, you know, it's also interesting to just think about the advent of not just technology, but, like you said, transportation, mm-hmm. the trades that were happening. Because yeah. that's really what happened with the bubonic plague. There's reports that say that it started in China because the Mongols, mm-hmm. in, like, 1330s, there was reports of the outbreak of the bubonic plague happening there, but then they had originally like sealed off the Silk Road, which was, you know, the primary Mm -hmm. trade route there. And then eventually they attacked an Italian city and then the Italian, Italian city was infected and then they were like fleeing on their ships and bringing, you know, and they're going into ports and all this shit. So -hmm. you just see how quickly that can happen. So there's like, yes, of course it was great for the world to become aware of itself or Mm -hmm. aware of each other. But then you have all these new crazy things. And so, because it was like, yeah, Fleas that lived on rats, but it didn't really fuck with the rats. But after the rats died, then the fleas are like, oh, we need to go over here. And it's just... Mm-hmm. Super gnarly and the ignorance around it is what w- was worse because you know the ring around the rosy? Yeah. Pocket full of posy, like that was about the bubonic yeah. plague. So one of the most famous ways of preventing the the bubonic plague at that time was to walk around with flowers in or around their nose. And that way people would be able to quote ward off the stench and perhaps the evil that afflicted them. Oh boy. And especially like your lymph nodes get super swollen mm. and sometimes burst. So I'm sure there was like some stinky stuff happening, like abscesses and stuff. So it's like <laughs> oh and you think about how how gross the time was if this disease is happening as a result of living in trash and like human feces and yeah. like with rats and dead animals all over the place i'm sure there was a lot of smell happening well like
0: like <laughs> i was reading about this thing that happened in the mid-1800s in london called the great stink uh-huh. where they had such a terrible sewage system everything was going through the river thames how, oh, do you, how do you God. pronounce it? Is it Thames? I
1: just do that. That sounds okay. really like yeah, you know what you're yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about. <laughs> Thames? Or... <laughs>
0: Thames or Tem? I don't know. But they were pushing sewage through it. This went so bad that Parliament was soaking their curtains in lime. Oh. And like just to stop the smell. And eventually Parliament stopped working. And there was this huge project to build a modern sewage system in London. Yeah. And it took them, you know, decades and Lots of money and crazy planning and there had been outbreaks of cholera that had been happening in London that were killing tens of thousands of people at a time. And the instances of cholera like almost disappeared right. once the sewage system was put into place.
1: Well, So not only that, but then, you know, this is before people, like you said, even knew how disease was spread or right. what what is happening to your body. So, of course, at the time of the bu- bubonic plague, like <clears throat> 1340, yeah. right. of course they think it's God. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. like some people would carve the symbol of the cross onto their front door with the words, Lord, have mercy on us. You mm. know, is this kind of like, let's pray it away. Obviously, they would quarantine people or people that were healthy would stick together. Mm-hmm. there were rules that no linen or woolen goods were to be imported into the city and no corpses were to be buried in the city you know it's like all this stuff mm-hmm. of like i guess yeah if everyone around you was dying and it all happened within like 10 days this was not a <laughs> like months long bubonic
0: thing. plague yeah you the, the, like you mean it just killed people really fast yes correct wow.
1: that's what yeah i don't mean like millions of people were killed like that in but i just mean days. like right. If it's, you know, it's like a zombie fucking apocalypse. You get bitten and you're like, well, it's only a matter of time before you're going to have to shoot me in the face, pops. Uh, You (laughs) know what I mean? It's like you think about the human, the human toll on this. And Mm. then what happens societally, like historians said, that certainly the value of life was so low during the bubonic plague. You know, the dark ages that Uh corruption at the very least was was a thing. And that's what's what spooks me about these pandemics is what kind of monsters we turn into.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Just thinking about like contagiousness in general, Uh because I've always heard different things where it's like, you know, you're not contagious by the time you show symptoms or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I went looking for the truth. And usually with the flu, you're contagious from about one day before symptoms for up to two weeks after that. Yeah. And then for the cold, it's about one day before symptoms. And then you remain contagious for about five to seven days, sometimes longer. Right. So that's the general rule of thumb. It's about a day before you start feeling it for about a week or two after is your contagious period.
1: Oh, okay, That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because there's always people that I think kind of toe that line. They're like, I'm not contagious. Don't worry about Yeah, not, exactly. Because everybody gives him the crusty and is like, "Dude, are you fucking sneezing in my face people, right now?"
0: People do that, and they're just like, no, "No, no, no." I'm like, I'm past the contagious part. I'm like feeling symptoms uh, now. I like, and it's okay, like thank "What you, is doctor. the truth here?"
1: I know. Yeah, I think you're just saying that because otherwise we'll ostracize you as if you had the plague.
0: Speaking of the truth.
1: <laughs> okay
0: you were mentioning people turning into monsters related to medicine and all of this stuff yeah let's talk a little bit about this autism vaccine link
1: oh god
0: now this really deeply bothers me let's get into the facts do about, you want to about
1: what like just what vaccines are i looked into what oh vaccines well are.
0: let's let's start even earlier well, than that yeah, yeah let's just start just with what what is a vaccine you yes. know
1: like with something something even like the Nipah virus or whatever uh-huh. there's there's antibiotics there's vaccines that are able to eradicate this yeah. one of the primary reasons why there's not plagues happening all the time is the you know mm-hmm. the ability medicine. to have vaccines yeah. not only that but, but also like generally speaking certainly in the western or you know first world countries there's the sanitary nature of it mm-hmm. what sucks is there are communities out there that don't have these resources but we're not seeing plagues all the time because medicine is better what what are vaccines how do they work you know when germs enter your body your body gets all defensive and they they develop antibodies but generally you have to have that sickness in order to become immune it's like right. why you get the chicken pox only once in yeah. your yeah so then once you have it your immune your
0: system knows yeah. when it comes in contact with this again it's like i know what your deal is
1: exactly so the getting like a vaccine for example it basically in- injects you with a very weakened version of that mm. virus so your body can at least see it know its enemy and develop the antibodies <laughs> right. without you actually having to have measles or mumps or whatever right. but i think you know even for me as a kid i was always like wait so I'm gonna like not get this by you giving me it it just doesn't make any sense but you know when you understand how the human body works it's pretty (laughs) pretty fucking magical now of course there's always outliers in the movie they mentioned some vaccine from like 1976 that ended up in people having nerve damage Mm. and that was a very isolated incident but I think when then it ventures into this idea that like vaccines cause autism is when it gets really troublesome Well, we shouldn't be having measles outbreaks in 2017
0: right the real problem with the autism vaccine link is that it's based in and malice and bullshit, mm-hmm. and it is not real in any way, and it, it really bothers me. Right, <laughs> Tell me uh, you really because, you? because what will even if it was true, what would you rather a risk of potential autism or measles coming back and killing millions of kids? Now, like, that
1: and because that's something that attacks young folks more, you know, yeah, specifically, it's right? it, young, measles, young mumps
0: rubella is the yeah. main vaccine that's given to all kids and should be given to all kids, but an increasing number of parents don't want to do this because of a discredited study from 1998. Mm -hmm. An investigation that was published in the British Medical Journal in 2011 concludes that Dr. Andrew Wakefield, all of this comes back to this guy Dr. Andrew Wakefield, Mm -hmm. he misrepresented or altered medical histories of all of the 12 patients whose cases formed the basis of his 1998 study. Oh god. He created a false link between autism and vaccines. He was stripped of his medical license in May of 2010, but the damage he's done continues to grow because cases of the measles have gone up significantly around the world since this study was published. So he's been unable to reproduce the results of his study. Most of the co-authors withdrew their names from the study in 2004 after they learned that he had been paid $674,000 by a law firm that intended to sue vaccine makers.
1: I wonder why. I wonder what their stake in the game was. Uh Uh-huh.
0: He falsified medical histories of the children and created the picture that he was contracted to find by the lawyers who were hoping to sue the vaccine manufacturers. Wow. He predicted that he could make more than $43 million a year from diagnostic kits for parents to see if they had a condition he made up called autistic enterocolitis, which would indicate if they're going to have children with autism. He made up autistic enterocolitis. This is not a real thing, but he was going to sell parents diagnostic kits to tell them whether or not they had autism. If public sentiment towards the MMR vaccine got bad enough, he was planning on creating a replacement autism-free version that he would then sell to the world. Of the 12 cases in the original study, five had shown developmental problems before receiving MMR, and three never had autism. And now kids are dying.
1: Right. And there are people that will absolutely say, you know, the, the facts aren't in, the jury's still out about you know, the, the links. I
0: was working at ABC News in 2011 when these studies were coming out that were like, this guy straight up, it's fraud. Yeah. I remember taking a call from a viewer who was incensed that George Stephanopoulos was so rude to Andrew Wakefield in an in interview. Right. And that, you know, how could he say basically the truth that this was a bunch of fraud and when she knew that it wasn't? Right. And when I started explaining to her that this is like a fraud that this man committed, right. she hung up on me. So I just don't, I don't understand problem. it. Yeah. I don't understand why people are hanging on to this idea.
1: I think it comes at a time where there's this like weird backlash and this weird muddling of not trusting the media, feeling like we've been duped, you know, like there's enough there's like do you remember thalidomide? It no. was like it was this I think it was morning sickness drug from like the 50s or something. Oh, it's it's featured in Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire. <laughs> Children of the Little Mind. Oh, like he goes, whoa. you know, because okay. he basically that song is him listing a bunch of shit from history just random words and names I've never like, known what that was what on, oh my god I'm, I yeah. gotta go back Harry and look Harry Truman at the... Doris day red China. yeah he just goes through <laughs> lists and one of my assignments in my like high school honors history class was to like deconstruct that song and be like what's he talking about <laughs> anyway so children of thalidomide as I recall was a, like a morning sickness drug that they gave to mothers in the 50s and it, it fucked with their babies and their babies were born with these little like T-Rex arms Oh, oh and man. these little like shrunken th- there's maybe sometimes where medicine works against us but then again people are taking stuff like that and making it outrageously incongruous like it is not the false equivalency factor is like insane
0: right well the thing that that blows my mind is how discredited this study is like and how much information is out there that shows no link between autism and vaccines
1: I know, but then it, but then to be like surprised that people will believe hey, hold on blindly to believe beliefs. things is, you know.
0: But it's not even one that. Why would somebody want it to be true?
1: I think probably because I don't think anybody necessarily wants it to be. I don't know. I I can't get in the mind of somebody like this because, like, I believe in science and I feel like there weren't as many outbreaks of these kinds of diseases until people stopped vaccinating their kids. So I right. don't need to see that much evidence. But I think, I guess, if your mind was that easily able to be made to believe that something caused your kid harm, then I guess you that would make you really outwardly opposed to it. I'm just yeah. trying to understand because I don't I understand
0: that- if you feel guilty because you gave your kid a vaccine and then he wound up with autism right. and you're worried about that... But wouldn't you feel guilty if you didn't give your kid a vaccine and it, then he got measles? Died. That's like,
1: happened to people. I
0: know. I, 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 I really <laughs> don't understand it. Yeah. I feel like I'm missing something that I should be getting about human
1: It's the same way I feel about people that say that climate change is a hoax. Generally Mm -hmm. speaking, the people that are very outwardly spoken about that, though, are people that are like in in cahoots with the fossil fuel industry. So I don't know who (laughs) these people are in cahoots with, but there's got to be some fucking connection. I was
0: watching the new Bill Nye show that's Uh on Netflix and his first episode is all about climate change. It's really good. But he was talking about how like, yeah, plus or minus two percent doesn't mean throw out all of the information. Correct it's like
1: again i well that's why i say the false equivalency and i know that that's been thrown around so much these days that it's almost annoying and like void of meaning but i think that's what it is is like you have one person over here that says that climate change isn't real but they only have one other person the the other opposing view is a scientist as opposed to the hundreds of thousands that should be there we've made that connection a lot it's just it's just absurd to me but i'm sorry it bums you out so much
0: Well, it's parents hurting their kids, thinking that they're helping. That's the other thing. I was reading about how like there's a a whole thing called herd vaccination, or it was like herd immunity, Uh I think. And it had to do with like once you have enough people who are immune to a thing, yeah. then it's okay if there are a few people in the population who are not, mm-hmm. because the chances of them actually running into the disease are really low because mm-hmm. everybody around them is already immune to it. Right. So yeah, if larger and larger groups of people don't vaccinate their kids, it's just more dangerous for everybody.
1: Yeah. One hundred percent. We have not just the pandemic idea. You know, we talked about anthrax and, and, and that mm. kind of biological warfare, but even some of the earliest cases of biological warfare were apparently said to have been products of the plague. So, for example, armies of the 14th century were recorded catapulting diseased corpses over the walls of towns and villages oh, to spread it. Man. In 1940. 1940. <sighs> 1940. Yeah. <laughs> The Imperial Japanese Army Air Service bombed Ningbo with fleas carrying the bubonic plague. During the Khabarovsk war crime trials, the accused, including Major General Kiyashi Kawashima, testified that in 1941 some 40 members of Unit 731 airdropped plague-contaminated fleas on Changdi. These operations caused epidemic plague outbreaks. So that's fucking wild to me, though, too. Because they mentioned in the movie weaponizing bird flu and all this stuff. Mm. So it's like not only is there the weird societal breakdown when it comes to not knowing if, like, God, make sure I take care of me and my own and not really caring, you know, kind of a Walking Dead Mm -hmm. thing but then I guess if we're going to use the Walking Dead comparison, <laughs> then later on when all of that's said and done, then it just boils down to just people being like, how do I power grab and yeah. let me weaponize this yeah. you know, apocalypse thing that's happening here?
0: It's kind of interesting too because a lot of scientists want to create super viruses in the lab that they can then Get, understand like, better right. and like do better vaccinations and stuff. Uh-huh. There was a thing that I read that like estimates that if we really just went down the road that a lot of virologists want to go down, uh-huh. there's a 27%—I They, I don't know how they estimated this, but that right. there's a 27% chance that it would accidentally release into the atmosphere. Totally. And, you know, we, like as good as biosafety-level things are, I've read about a lot of instances of accidental outbreaks yeah. or releases from lab-contained scenarios.
1: And yet it's like with everything else we talk about, of course, there's the, that capacity for like epic failure, but does right. should should they not pursue the the, the, right. the research? You but know?
0: The, if if the risk is that great that you a 27 percent chance that right. you're gonna release a world-ending pathogen yeah. accidentally. Maybe don't Maybe do that.
1: Ease it down a bit. Yeah. Because,
0: because we've talked about that too, where it's like if the error in trial and error is the end of the world, you shouldn't try.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. If it's like, oh, uh, you gotta, you can't break some eggs. Well, <laughs> ma- what is it?
0: <laughs> you can't break some eggs. You can't. Right. An omelet. The point I'm saying is, <laughs> <laughs> we're in a constant fight with these microbes.
1: Yeah, man. Struggle's real.
0: The war is on. Science. So there are a couple of instances of, like, mass hysteria isn't just, like, people freaking out. Right. There's an instance of a wide-ranging psychological thing that happens that makes people think that there's a real situation My
1: brain immediately goes to Salem Witch Trials.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a kind of mass hysteria. But in 1518, Mm -hmm. there was a thing called the Dancing Plague. Oh, boy. Sounds
1: like my kind of play.
0: I think you would like it at a certain point. (laughs) It was a case of dancing mania that okay. occurred in a place that at the time was part of the Holy Roman Empire around 400 people took to dancing for days without rest and over the period of like a month a lot of people died so within four to six days 30 people had joined in this dancing mania Whoa. and people didn't stop and there were like people dying of heart attacks stroke exhaustion and nobody knows like why this happened <laughs> and it was this mass hysteria as everybody just couldn't stop dancing
1: well I mean I've been to Bonnaroo man <laughs> I mean, I mean, that is wild, though. But do you think they died because, of what, they were dehydrated or yeah. something? Yeah. yeah. They
0: danced they until just they died. They stop,
1: won't stop, They dude. couldn't
0: stop and they wouldn't stop.
1: Until and, they stopped. Until they stopped. Forever. <laughs> for,
0: yeah. Which is such a weird thing. So there's a couple of other instances of this. I don't know. what What's the word? Like, psychosomatic yeah. contagiousness. Yeah. There was the... Tanganyika laughter epidemic okay. of 1962. This yeah. was in Tanzania. Uh-huh. What started as a funny joke in a boarding school quickly got out of hand as the laughter perpetuated itself and spread among more and more people. What? So this laughter, like at a certain point, nobody knew where it started, but everybody was laughing, and thousands of people for 6 to 18 months <gasps> could stop laughing, couldn't stop crying. Mm-hmm. This whole, like, they shut down 14 schools because everybody wouldn't stop laughing.
1: I have heard that laughter is contagious. I have not heard that it has caused epidemics. Yes, thousands
0: wow. of people were affected by this, and like nobody knows how it started, what caused its perpetuation. They think that it was kind of stress induced. Right. Like the group of people there were in a very difficult time in yeah. li- life.
1: That seems like some fucking like original like OG flash mob shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Like somebody was like, "Yo, we're gonna go to the center of town and just start laughing and see what happens." That's like the first. But then idea it like actually perpetuated viral. itself. So so that went viral like that. <laughs> well, you know, we we talk about meme culture, mm-hmm. you know, and how, like, ideas are in some ways just kind of mental infections. Yeah, yeah. You know?
0: Well, here's another one. You're oh, going to love this. God. It's called Penis Panic.
1: Oh, boy. So this
0: has happened a few times throughout history where male members of a population suddenly experience the belief that their genitals are getting smaller or disappearing entirely. Oh. There was a big one in Singapore in 1967 that resulted in thousands of reported cases of what? people believing that their dick was shrinking or disappearing. It reached the point where government and medical officials had to put together like a huge PR campaign to reassure the men in Singapore that nothing was happening to their dicks. They're
1: like, they're just already small, dude. It's fine. Just <laughs> right, deal. It's like, dude, Yeah, and it's like, oh, so mine funny. was definitely <laughs> yeah.
0: bigger yesterday. I swear was I, like... I know it was. Yeah,
1: I know my dick is giant. It, this isn't my dick. The real
0: version is huge. Yeah. Like, what's been happening here? Yeah,
1: I don't know this dick. I don't know you anymore, dick.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know
1: you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well... But yeah,
0: yeah, this has happened like a few times through history, but this concept of mass hysteria, I wonder if it's like an extreme form of what yawning is, because yawning Uh, is like contagious in a way where it's over the phone too, so like uh, it's not because of a lack of oxygen or something, Uh and it's contagious to dogs as well, it has to do with feeling like you're a part of a pack like you're right. you're together you're part of the same team that's true you're tired it makes me have a physiological response that's like similar
1: oh yeah I mean, we it's we like feel what? more
0: connected because it's like of it. when i
1: cry when i see a sad you know if <laughs> i see anybody crying really they could be crying from happiness and i'm like right. oh, you know like yeah you know it's all related to empathy yeah. you know
0: exactly. and and so there have been these instances where things that were a little unusual spread in that kind of a way
1: yeah Wild. talked earlier about just with the NEPA virus that contagion is based on that having to do with climate change in the mm-hmm. sense that not only climate like a combination of the drought as a result of el nino but also human activity and i just think it's important to emphasize how these kinds of epidemics they are going to be spread easier as climate change becomes more intense so mm-hmm. i was just perusing the old world health organization website which is a little bit depressing that at old first. chestnut they had a paragraph that I want to read to you guys. Let me Do just indulge me, shall you? Shall you? Shall indulge you? Me? Okay. You shall <laughs> For infectious diseases, climate change is a threat multiplier. It takes existing threats, whether from a cholera outbreak, the spread of Zika to new geographical areas, or the severe malnutrition that accompanies drought, and enhances them. The risks are familiar, but their impact is amplified in frequency and severity. A changing climate can expand the distribution of infectious diseases, especially those transmitted by mosquitoes and other vectors, and invite the emergence of others. The emergence of Nipah virus and Hantavirus, which is a virus also found in rodents, as human pathogens has been traced to extreme weather events that forced animal hosts to leave their ecological niches and invade human settlements. The stakes are high. World Health Organization estimates that climate change is already causing tens of thousands of deaths every year. These deaths arise from more frequent epidemics of diseases like cholera, the vastly expanded geographical distribution of diseases like dengue, which is a mosquito-borne virus, and deaths that follow extreme weather events like heat waves and floods. So I guess sometimes it's hard to see the the toll that climate change takes for us because it
0: goes in so many different ways yeah It's not just rising sea levels.
1: Exactly, and it's not just, oh, the day is hot. There's going to be people that are displaced by that, Mm. Then how it fucks with the animal kingdom, which we see it's so entwined with us, because all of this shit is born from rodents and mosquitoes.
0: And you You mentioning the climate change causing the bat population to move. Exactly. Why wouldn't that happen to any number of infectious diseases or organisms that are living on the coasts?
1: Even experts predict that by 2030, climate change will cause an additional 250,000 deaths each year from like malaria, diarrheal disease and stuff. And that's the other thing that really fucking bums me out because yes, we're going to see the effects of climate change, but we happen to live in a wealthy country mm-hmm. and we can, if we have to move inland or whatever, I'll move back to Colorado. Right. But it's like, I don't, I'm not concerned about myself dying of malaria. And that's just, I don't know. It's just like, there's real life consequences to all of this shit.
0: Yeah. I was reading about this company, Synthetic Genomics, which I've talked about before. They can write the DNA for bacteria. Mm. And like one of their big things is that they can reduce the amount of time for a new vaccine to be manufactured from 35 days to five days. That's awesome. Using this technique that people are worried could be used in other ways that would end up being really bad. Sure. But what they're really starting off focusing on is reducing the amount of time it takes to understand and reproduce a vaccine for a virus.
1: It's why science and technology research is important, and I just hope that- if we ever get to a place like that, people will remain as civil as you can. Because yeah. it's less of like, you know, do we have the capacity to make them? And more like, is there going to be even just all-out gang war well, that's what, like, my
0: Maybe my favorite scene in the movie is when robbers break into the house of Lawrence Fishburne, exactly. who's like the head of the CDC. Yeah. And they're like, threatening his wife, going like, he works there. You know he's got it. Right. And so they like want to steal vaccines. And I think the Jude Law is kind of a lot like Dr. Wakefield, in oh. a way, because yeah. you know it's it gets into the whole thing with alternative medicine, which was actually the second episode of Bill Nye's new show, oh, all nice. about alternative medicine and how it's alternative to medicine.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: like, it's-
1: what, what do they talk about? Are... They
0: talked about magnet therapy. Oh. They talked about sound therapy. Oh, things that okay. like, have not gone through the scientific method, right. that they're not getting real medical treatment in favor of something that is a complete placebo. Right. And there's people who Which prey is, on this and make money on this.
1: Absolutely. And they
0: are literally killing people because they're not getting real medical care.
1: And that's not necessarily the same as, like, holistic medicine, right? It's
0: related. It's, I mean, yeah. what it really kind of is, is that those things come in when all things that have gone through the approval process of the scientific method need to be exhausted. Like, you want to use all of those before you go to these things where it's like, well, I don't have any other option. Right. Let me... Just try this because maybe it'll help. Sure. Placebo effects and the ability of a human being to control their own bodies is remarkable and we don't fully understand it. Uh But I don't think that these things shouldn't exist. But I think that they shouldn't be taking people away from real medical treatments. Right. Mm -hmm. And Jude Law's character as a blogger in this movie is kind of doing that. And Andrew Wakefield had done that with vaccines. And it's just like you're harming people for your own financial gain
1: absolutely then you get into like big pharma and like how pharmaceuticals then they go the opposite thing of like trying to get you to like to convince you that you have every fucking disorder that doesn't even exist for their own monetary gain so i can understand why it's it's very muddled but it sucks because there's so many great truthful scientific cures out there So next we're going to watch Soylent Green.
0: Yeah. Soylent Green is up next.
1: It's apparently people.
0: That's what I hear. Yeah. Well, I I think that's, I haven't seen it, but I know that that, that it's people. (laughs) I assume that that's like the end of Planet of the Apes, also starring Heston, where it's like, we all know.
1: If you haven't, if you don't know my knowledge.
0: But I'm excited to see it
1: cool but you guys if you have anything that you want to add to the conversation or if you if there's something that we fucked up or there's something that you want to share with us yeah
0: the website is no but that's a thing and we have comment boards on there that you can do for each episode we are at no but that's a thing at gmail.com we are at no but that's a thing on facebook and twitter
1: i am at it's a joy amia on twitter
0: i'm at jeffrey eckman on twitter
1: we hope to hear from you guys soon yeah have a wonderful day and week
0: Enjoy your week. <laughs> Bye.
1: Bye.